welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today we're going to be talking with two professionals from Calm Waters Center for Children and Families, a local nonprofit organization offering free grief support services to Metro kids and families. Erin Engelke is the Executive Director, and Heather Warfield is the Programs Director and a Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Thanks for Aaron. having us. Erin, let's start by talking about when we are not in a pandemic, what are the kinds of services Calm Waters provides to the community? Yeah. Well, Erin, at Calm Waters, as you mentioned, is a grief center. We are uh, Central Oklahoma's only non-faith-based grief center, and we specifically provide free support groups to children, teens, and adults who've experienced grief or loss due to death, divorce, and many other forms of losses. And we offer those support groups at our center and also in schools across the Metro Oklahoma City community. We also offer individualized counseling services as well as like crisis intervention services if a business or a school has a, a sudden tragedy that affects their their immediate community we can step in and provide uh, immediate services that's great really important work that you guys are doing in the community and Heather when did your team realize that because of the coronavirus you would have to stop offering your in-person grief groups and move to virtual options and how have families responded to that mm -hmm. Yeah, so really leading up to the city kind of finally stepping in to make some of those determinations, we saw in the week leading up to that a drop off of attendance in our in-person groups. And we kind of determined that that was related to the coronavirus and just a lot of fear and concern surrounding that. So um, pretty quickly after that, we saw schools closing, community uh, businesses closing, and of course, the uh, local government kind of stepping in to give us some guidelines there. Um, and so really just through all of that, we started talking pretty immediately about what were we going to do, knowing that we are a grief center, this is what we do. We deal with a lot of crisis and tragedy and challenges. And so we knew that we were gonna have a place in people's grief journey through the coronavirus pandemic. And so really the conversation started pretty quickly. Great. And Erin, when did your team start discussing this need to offer groups specific to the impact of COVID-19? Well, in early April, we decided to host a free community workshop, which we held via Zoom, of course. And it was specific to individuals who are just starting to feel that just the, the grief associated with not being close to people they love or just anxiety and depression associated with it and the response to that workshop was overwhelming mm -hmm. and over the course of that workshop and the feedback feedback that we got afterwards really kind of helped to pave the way and identified this need that exists in our community for people to have a safe space to come to talk about all these overwhelming feelings and emotions that they're grappling with and often alone uh, and don't really know what to do with them. And again, because this is what we do and we specifically support individuals who are experiencing grief and loss, we felt like we were poised perfectly to offer this specific support group to people, just again, dealing with all aspects of the pandemic. 
it's been really impressive to watch how you guys, um, I mean, you've certainly stayed true to who you are and your mission, but you really have kept a pulse on the community and families in the community to, to figure out what people need. And then as a team, all of you working from home, um, you have really morphed and changed and figured that out on the fly. And um, it's just been impressive to watch. Heather, tell me a little bit more about these groups, who they're open to, and what kinds of challenges you are helping family work through when it comes to these coronavirus-specific groups. Mm -hmm. So right now we have a group that is meeting weekly via Zoom um, for adults who are really just needing more support for their, you know, what their life is looking like right now, or things that they're grieving, things that they've, they've lost, or increased anxiety or depression really missing out on that human connection piece. And so right now we are serving um, those 18 and up and really it's open nationwide. So we, we know that some communities are more limited in what they're able to offer. And so we wanted to make sure that we were able to serve everyone regardless of their geographical lines. Um, and so we have essential workers, non-essential workers, people working from home, working from home with children, parents who are trying to navigate through all of the different roles that they have to now take on. Um, and so a lot of people in different life stages, but really coming together to support one another um, during this crisis right now. And we also still have um, the groups that we were hosting in person, we've now transferred over to all of those over to virtual groups. So we're really excited to say that we have support for all ages, uh, five and up right now through virtual support groups. So that is um, in different ways, meeting through Zoom, of course, with the children, doing more uh, activity-based services, but still giving them an opportunity to process through their grief and talk about their feelings and all the challenges that they have going on right now, too. That's so wonderful. And Erin, I've heard you talk a lot about the power of connectivity and that loss of connection that we're all experiencing right now can be so detrimental to our family's mental health. How do you hope these groups are going to help restore some of that? And, and what's the overall benefit to families? Yeah, well, like you said, we all crave connection. In fact, our brains are wired for it. And this, this pandemic has completely kind of rattled everybody, right? Whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, like this is something that none of us were prepared for. And that is the beauty of what our support groups provide is, again, that community. And I think that we were all even surprised at how you can still be connected virtually, how you can still create that community. In our groups, I love the moments when there are people who are sharing and being very vulnerable to perfect strangers and are finding healing in that because they recognize that I'm not alone. Other people are struggling with the same emotions that I am. Their life circumstances may be totally different, but that doesn't minimize that we're all in this together. And there are even times where sometimes everybody's like, let's give each other an air hug. You know, like there's that need to even have physical touch. And even though we can't have that, that is expressed through, through this virtual connection. That's great. Um, Heather, this has been such a stressful time for adults, but it's also weighing really heavily on our kids. And I think sometimes more than we even realize. 
How can parents help kids continue to navigate as we are kind of in this for the long haul in terms of social distancing or continuing to be at home? How can parents help kids navigate that? And what kinds of signs could parents be looking for to tell them that their child might benefit from some additional mental health services? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's so hard because adults are trying to take care of themselves through this really unique experience. And so learning a lot of think about how they're handling it, how they need to take care of themselves, but that's actually such an important thing. Um, and so I think first, for, as far as the kiddos go, is that stability and structure through routine. The routines have been greatly uprooted uh, with schools closing, um, you know, groups or clubs that they were able to attend, not seeing their friends. And so that can all be very difficult for the entire family, um, particularly for children who need that structure and routine. So finding a way to implement a new structure and routine at home. And so that can look different than it used to, but keeping something so that they know what to expect, that predictability can be so, um, it can offer so much security because they know, I know what's going to come next. I know what's going to happen tomorrow when, even though it looks different, it's still something that they know what to expect. Um, I think second is listen and honor their, their questions and their feelings. Children probably don't have a good understanding of what's happening. I think this is, uh, this pandemic is new to all of us. It's our first time having to do this and it's the same for the children. And so not ignoring the fact that they don't know what's happening either. And so being sure that we give them space to ask questions, honor their questions, listen, um, because sometimes they may ask the same question over and over, but that's them understanding things new uh, understanding things in a different way and so being sure that we are still taking the time to respond to those questions no matter how frequent or how small it seems That's and then yeah and I think definitely allowing them to share their feelings and validate no matter how silly it may seem or how maybe exaggerated it may seem making sure that we are validating and communicating about those feelings knowing that they have a space a safe place to talk they know that they can communicate those things. Um, it can help get some of those internal feelings into the outside where they can hopefully gain some support and understanding from their parent as well. That's great. And then in terms of signs or symptoms that mm -hmm. we could look for that would indicate um, that maybe they need some additional help or support, um, what, what are some important things for parents to look for right now? Yeah, I think there's a general uh, uh, anxiety, I think, out there with all ages, but I think if that anxiety or fear becomes persistent and almost incapacitating where they're not able to do things maybe they were interested in before or just have no interest in doing them, if there's a lot of problem behaviors or acting out that's very uncharacteristic and becoming more and more challenging to manage, um, I think all of those things are really important to keep in mind because we know that a lot of times children don't just come out and say what they feel, but they show how they feel. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling all the same things we are, and they just don't have the same language or tools to show that. So being really attuned to what are they showing us through their behaviors and through their actions. Um, and so, yeah, just making sure we're keeping, keeping an eye on those things. And if it's, if it's starting to impact their regular mood or their willingness to engage in things that they enjoyed, 
And if it just seems like it's becoming more and more persistent or long lasting, um, making sure that we're reaching out to those mental health services. That's really great advice. Thank you, Erin and Heather, for joining me today and for the very important and impactful work you are doing in our community and now around the world as people can connect with you guys virtually. Families who are interested in learning more about Calmwater's grief support groups and groups specific to the coronavirus can visit calmwaters.org for more information and to register. Thanks everyone for watching. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.